This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Jet fans, pay attention tonight. Pay attention tonight. My partner was ahead of the curve on who your next quarterback could be in the coming weeks. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're on your smart speaker as well. If you miss any part of the show, you need to be subscribing to the Carlin versus Joe podcast. It is available across ESPN platforms and wherever you get your podcast, by all means, be there. Also, Carlin versus Joe on Twitter as well. I got to ask you this just real quick. This is a completely aside here. Do you have a skin routine, skincare routine? Because I am as my skin is getting as dry as can be, and you live in the middle of the desert, and you look fantastic. Thank you, thank you. I do have a routine. Um, it's offset by the rampant alcoholism at night, where oh. all the boozing. It, the, the booze will really suck the life out of you. By the way, it really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done some research on that where it's like, all right, if you're actually going to pay attention to trying to look good in the face, you can't booze as much as I would like to indulge here and there. So so, so a couple of cucumbers over the eyes are not fixing that. No, no. God, no. Those problems are not being solved. The, 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 the key to the whole thing is convince the company to let you work remote and then work on the lighting situation at home to make yourself look better than it is. There's some stuff to use. The most important thing, I found this out because I had never gotten a facial before, and my wife and I were going over to one of the spas here. And she was like, oh, we should go do something like this. I don't get those treatments. I, I didn't have a massage for the first time in my life until a few years ago. Really? So I've never really known this. So I was like, I'm, I'm open to it. I'll, I'll go try anything once. So I, I go through the whole facial routine. Like, oh, that was, that was lovely. And the girl looks at me at the end. And I'm just like, you know, is there anything you would recommend? And I couldn't even finish that sentence. And she goes, water. You need to drink more water. You are extremely dehydrated. I'm like, I actually feel pretty. She's like, no, no, you're, you're dehydrated. Okay, thank you very much for the health advice. Haven't okay. been back since. Hmm. So drinking a lot more water is going to make me look a lot better. No, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I wouldn't connect that first dot to that second dot. Well, I would say that if you drank a lot more water, you could begin the process of improving upon what you currently see in the mirror. And what you currently have to work with, which... I well, mean, I don't bring the zoom up. I, I just stare into the I stare into my camera, just staring into the abyss <laughs> or even into the chins when you do look at the zoom. <laughs> Carla versus Joe ESPN Radio Series 6M Channel 80. This is going to be a thing, Joe. I honestly believe this in the coming weeks. Tonight, we get the Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Vikings are not headed anywhere good after what happened last week. I you were talking about this earlier, the idea that you don't want to jump to too many conclusions off of teams off of week one. I'm going to make that jump, and I have no problem doing it, on the Vikings based on losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield at home in week one. That told me that Minnesota is on the doorstep of having a god-awful, god-awful year. And that, to me, also says... That Jet fans should be paying attention tonight because their next quarterback very mel- very well may be Kirk Cousins because he can be a great option. Uh, and when I say great, I mean as far as what they have to work with already, he is going to be leaps and bounds in front of Zach Wilson. 
I mean, I didn't need, and I think there are a lot of people out there that didn't need the Tampa Bay loss on Sunday to realize that Minnesota wasn't a true contender this season. Well, I didn't they know were, that they were going to be awful. This makes me think they're going to be it, awful. Okay, that, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't think they're going to be awful, but they're not, they're not a contender. They need to understand that they are not contending for the Super Bowl. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Not all 32 are, are con- Super Bowl contenders. They are one of the teams that is not a Super Bowl contender. They had a decent year last year. They won 13 games. People get all gassed up about it. They were 11-0 and in one-score games. There was no way, no way that was going to be sustainable. Think of it like this. How is it possible to go 13-4 and and at the end of those 17 games, you've been outscored by the opposition? How is that even close to possible that in the four losses, you lost by more points than what you won by in your 13 victories? I actually didn't think it was possible. That is as telling a stat as you will ever see. Don't get caught up in the records. Look at run differential. That's what Bill James taught us years ago in baseball, and it's what we should be using in this sport as well, just as a jumping off point for whether or not you're as good as your record says you are, or in some instances, as bad as your record says you are, because you might have a team that has a, you know, zero point differential. You've scored as many as the opposition, but you could be seven and nine, six and ten. You could be in a spot where you're actually you've been quite unlucky. The Vikings were very fortunate last year. Got to the playoffs. No surprise they immediately get exposed. You come into this season, they're not going to be a true contender. And we saw that in week one. You're going to lose to Philly tonight and fall to 0-2, and you're going to lose to the Chargers in week three, and you're going to be 0 and three. And if the Jets are sitting there saying, all we need is an upgrade over Zach Wilson in order to truly get back to Super Bowl contender status, then Kirk Cousins would be the guy because it's not a long-term commitment. This is the final year of his deal. And you know what? Minnesota's probably going to want to come away with something in exchange for Cousins. They don't want to just see him leave in the offseason when he's a free agent. You'd probably want to get something in return. So I don't think they'd have the ability to bend the Jets over the barrel and and extract every last piece of value because they're going to want to get something out of this as well. Everybody knows. Everybody knows he's a free agent after the season. If you love the guy, you already would have signed him to an extension. Yeah. And for Kirk Cousins' part, it could go a really long way for him to get another good contract after this year. If he were to go out and lead the Jets into a deep playoff run, what would that do for him? Huge. It'd do an awful lot. Huge. It would be massive for him. So let me ask you this question. We've got them with Philadelphia tonight. They're 0-1 already. The Jets, as we detailed yesterday, in my estimation, are giving Zach Wilson five games. Before the, before the bye week, and then the week after the bye, uh, the trade deadline comes about 10 days later uh, on Halloween. So leading up to that point, the next five games for Minnesota, if they were to consider trading Kirk Cousins, where would they have to be? You've got Philadelphia tonight. You've got Los Angeles as in the Chargers at home. You've got a trip to Carolina, Kansas City at home, at Chicago. That's through October 15th, week six. Where do you have to be if you are the Vikings where you would consider trading Cousins at that point? I'm going to go one. Knowing that it had, by the way, is San Francisco and Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go one more week and add San Francisco in there. And I'm going to say you're going to be two and five through seven. You're going to end up. Well, I'll give you the win over Chicago and I'll give you the win over Carolina. Those are your two wins. You already lost to Tampa. You're going to lose to the Eagles. I bet you'll lose to the Chargers next week. You'll lose to Kansas City. You'll lose to San Francisco. You're two and five. And that two and five isn't going to be a, well, you know, we just fell on hard times. No, it's going to be a two and five where you'll look around and you say, we're not that great. 
we got a long way to go. We need to improve this defense. We got to figure out some of these key pieces on offense. And ultimately, his cousin's going to be your guy long term. If he is, go ahead and get the deal done. I don't know what you're waiting for. If he's not the guy and you're letting him go this offseason, might as well figure out a way to extract some value. The question becomes the timing of this. Because if Minnesota's deluded into thinking that they're actually going to contend this year, they might push this off way too long. And if they push it off too long, the Jets could fall out of the race with Wilson losing a bunch of games to where they say it's not worth it to us to give up a pick or picks to bring Cousins in because we're already too far out. So the timing of this is what makes it so difficult. When does Minnesota realize they're not a true contender? When do the Jets consider making a move like this when they're not too far out of it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, for me, for the Jets, it's three and three. It's potentially even two and four. If they feel like their defense is playing exceptionally well, but the only thing holding him back is is Zach. Like, if he is playing that poorly, and you can pin a couple of those losses squarely on him, then that's when the Jets will be ready to do it. Let's do I, this. I do, I do think because it's Joe Douglas and it was his pick, and they have to get through a few weeks, he has to give him one more opportunity at this. And frankly, also because... Rodgers has been kind of espousing him so far that they will believe in him a little bit more. Okay, so let's do this. You and I have spent a few days talking about this scenario in which the Jets could be inclined to go make this move, how it could make sense. We've done all that. Let's say it happens. What happens after that? Does Cousins become the guy who's capable of taking them to the AFC Championship game? Like, could that work to that extent? Or does he show up... And he's primetime Kirk Cousins, and we all know about primetime Kirk Cousins. The numbers fall off a cliff when he's playing a night game. Does it end up being a disaster? Because if we work through this and we say, you know what? Cousins just isn't going to be good enough to really deliver what we need him to deliver in the postseason. Then you absolutely don't make the move. The question would be, is there enough there that Cousins could be a significant enough upgrade over Wilson that this team should be inclined to make the move because he can get them to the final four? Yeah. He could get them to the AFC Championship game. I absolutely believe that. Okay. Because we've talked about how the schedule does soften in the second half of the year. Very much so. And that, even at two and four, that's why I would put them still very much in the mindset of doing it. Because if that can happen and he comes in, look, we can talk about primetime Kirk all you want. You have that kind of a team. Again, unless you are prime Zach Wilson of last year and handing the football over to the other team at your own 20-yard line, you're going to win games. And Kirk Cousins will do more than a serviceable job for you. When You give Kirk Cousins Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league, and he puts up big numbers. He's going to do that with Garrett Wilson. I don't think that you would, considering what it'll cost, and what the risk factor is, I have to go and do that. I have t- I have a list of too many bad quarterbacks who have made it to the Super Bowl, let alone won the Super Bowl, because they had a dominant unit on the other side. Guys who just didn't screw it up. And that's the thing. That's the thing with the Jets. You look at that defense and you think to yourself, if this is a Super Bowl caliber defense, not a it's good enough with an elite quarterback defense like you see in Kansas City. If it is truly one of those Baltimore Ravens, early 2000s, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed type defenses, Legion of Boom type defense, which they've had no problem saying they should be considered to be. If they're one of those units, I I don't know how you could 
could look around and squander this year, especially after you got the win over Buffalo. Like, you just yep. nailed Buffalo in week one. You escaped that game with a win. You got to be considering all options to take advantage of this because it's not just the, the rookie quarterback window we talk about. If you've got this defense healthy and under contract, how many years do you have before those pieces start breaking off and everything gets too expensive and you aren't able to maintain? You know, the Legion of Boom had a nice run there. And then eventually guys wanted new deals and Seattle couldn't afford them because they had to pay Russ and everything else. That's the nature of the business. If you're the Jets, can you really, can you really have a window and pass on it or at least a fraction of it? Because you don't want to get aggressive for a guy like Cousins if you think he can put you over the top. I don't know, man. You've been waiting so long to win. You figure you'd go all the way no matter what the scenario. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-ESPN. Aaron Rodgers left Wisconsin, as we know, this past year. But is he the only superstar to leave Wisconsin in, you know, a calendar year or so? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. X-Factor in the East. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis thrives against playing the best competition. Giannis cutting down the lane. Big throw down with a right hand. He's incredible. And then you're like, I think he can be even better. But he hasn't been shy about trying to deliver this message. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80. Giannis has kind of hinted around it a bit this offseason. I don't think he was thrilled with the fact that they didn't get Nick Nurse uh, as the head coach in Milwaukee. And Budenholzer are getting fired, obviously, when you're going to make a coaching change and you don't know what Giannis's future is as far as accepting his contract extension, rather opting in, I should say, and, and signing a, a lengthy contract extension. You have to have him on board with what you're doing. Joe, you listen to what he's saying right now. 
had more to say yesterday about what the future in Milwaukee holds. Take a listen to this and tell me we don't exactly know where his future is. As long as we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as a, as, as I am to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I, I am not. You know, I am I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. I want to win. And uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I, I have to take that better situation. Not a lot of reading between the lines there, Joe, as he said it yesterday on the 48 Minutes podcast on Believe Network. Yeah, if you're the Bucks, you got to get to work. You got to get to work in a big way here because it's one thing when Giannis said this, I don't know, what was it, like two, maybe three weeks ago mm-hmm. when we got the first comments about how, you know, he's not necessarily in a rush to sign an extension. He wants to see how the Bucks are going to handle this. He wants to win, and he wants everyone around him to be as committed as he is. We hear that, and we think, okay. Giannis is sending a message. Good. If you're the Bucks, you should be listening. After that, there's a few ways it can go, right? Like maybe the organization comes to you and says, look, let's figure this thing out. We don't need to say it publicly. We can keep this in-house, but we are as committed to you, and we want to go ahead and get something done. Giannis maybe comes off those comments and says, maybe that was a little harsh. Maybe I'll walk it back a little bit. There's a lot of ways it could have gone. The only direction it did go was that he got in front of a microphone a few weeks later and doubled down on it. So it's very clear what his priority is. It's letting this organization know you better step up or I'm gone. And this should be taken as seriously as can be if you're Milwaukee, because if you lose him, what happens next? Like, that's it. Markets like Milwaukee don't get multiple swings at the generational talent pool. Okay, that doesn't happen. You get one, you build around it, you do everything you possibly can to maximize that window, because as unfortunate as this is to say, and I'm not knocking it. Young, rich athletes don't necessarily want to live in Milwaukee if New York, Los Angeles, and Miami are on the table. Well, look at what's happening in Portland. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. They know that once Dame Lillard is gone, it's going to be a while before they can attract anybody to come there, and they're going to have to get it through the draft. They're going to hope that Scoot Henderson is that guy. And for Giannis, I fully expect him to be gone after this year. Really? But, yeah. I, I really do. I think Giannis is not somebody that I, I think tries to hide his feelings about what he's saying. And that to me is is not just the open threat. It's kind of the promise of what is coming. Because it's clear that he doesn't feel right now that the Bucks are headed in the right direction. Is anything going to happen in the next year that's going to change that? I find that highly unlikely. They brought back Middleton, they brought back Lopez, and they hired Adrian Griffin. What is changing in the cast around Giannis that is going to make Milwaukee that much more attractive to stay and win a championship? I think I think Giannis is basically out the door already. So is this message more a, I'm setting the stage for when I leave, or is it more a, hey, I want a marquee superstar brought in here. I'm just going to throw a name out there like Joel Embiid, not necessarily suggesting Joel Embiid, but someone who might be on a team that's disgruntled in his own right. Do you think think this is more a plea for one of those guys or it's setting the stage for things to come? It's the former. It's It's setting the stage. It's, hey, I told you. Well, that would be the latter then. Former is the first one. I thought that was the first thing that you said. It was in the initial rundown and then I doubled back on it and it, 
because it was the last thing I said, it then became the ladder. All right, well, then it's the former ladder. It's um, the former ladder. Yeah. Uh, it, or ladder former. Now you're gonna get now we're gonna get caught in the spider webs here. Oh man. Again, hey, look, I was this is accurate radio. If if nothing else, we are accurate. I yeah. Listen, <laughs> here's the point. Adios, Milwaukee. I, this is, I told you. This is, I gave you the warning signs, and I let everybody know publicly that something had to happen. Now, if do you see any way in which the Bucks have what it takes to go out and trade for another superstar player? Which is I don't know. I have to sit there and crush through that roster. I, I, I don't. No, no, know. no. I, but that's the point. Like it doesn't come to it mind. It doesn't right feel away. like it. It doesn't yes. feel like it, right? It feels like you would have to give up so much of what you already have that you'll get that other superstar, but the roster won't be any better. And as a result, you'll run into problems like Phoenix just ran into when they got Durant but gave up all their depth and then they got waxed right out of the playoffs by the Nuggets. Yep. And this is not going to end well. This is merely giving people the early heads up. Enjoy me, because after this year, I'll be somewhere else. So if you're Milwaukee... Or do you consider the trade? It depends what that's going to look like. Mid-season. Because that could be the other version of this message. We, we're sitting here only saying this message is either A, you're alerting Milwaukee that you could be leaving. B, you're telling them you need another superstar. It could be C. It could be a third option, which now becomes the latter, not the former. Well, that's true. It could be. And the problem with that would be the team trading for him. Are you going to trade him for, for in the short term? Because you haven't locked him up? Are you going to go try to bring him in and lock him up to a new deal? Who's going to try to make that deal? I'll tell you right away who will try to make that deal. But they've been so lacking in coming up with the superstars that they have been promising for years and years and years is New York. The Knicks will try to do that. Ah, yes. But they'll try. It doesn't mean they will. Because it's just the next in another long line. Miami Heat? I mean... I'm assuming they're eventually going to land Dame here. I don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to have Dame, Jimmy Butler on the same team and then go and get a trade for Giannis. How many teams do you think are out of the Giannis sweepstakes before we even really break this down? Because if his main point is that he wants to win championships, is he even looking at the Knicks? Uh, I, I think he is just because it's New York and because they will spend money and because you always have to. Okay. But I think as far as how many teams are immediately out, probably in the 23 to 24 range. Immediately out. 23 to 24 teams immediately out. Immediately out. You know? Okay. Giannis ain't going to Sacramento. <laughs> they were a fun team last year. But, yeah. yes, I see what you're saying. He's probably not going to Charlotte. No. Detroit might be a stretch. Right. It, it, listen, I think you're talking about teams like Philadelphia, Boston, the Knicks, the Lakers, uh, and I'm not saying that they have what it takes to get him, but these are the kind of teams that he's going to want to get traded to. What about Golden State? Golden State, exactly. Yeah, like those kind of places. He and maybe Steph Dallas, have a relationship. Maybe Dallas with with Jokic or with uh, yeah, but Irving's Jokic. there. Yeah, but Irving's there. Yeah. So you got to deal I, I don't with that. Think, maybe, but I doubt it. You know, I'm just I'm I'm throwing out the teams that would even have a sniff of being around. New Orleans, uh, form a dynamic duo with Zion. (laughs) Doesn't one of them have to be on the court for it to be a duo? Well, under the new rules, one of them will have to be. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Is the jet season over or not? One person who joins us in just moments, one of our ESPN experts, firmly believes it is not. We are Carlin versus Joe. This is ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Aaron Rodgers left Wisconsin, as we know, this past year. But is he the only superstar to leave Wisconsin in, you know, a calendar year or so? I really, I have no idea sometimes just like where the sentence is going to take me. None. None. As we talked about the other day, turns into verbal Vietnam. No idea how I got into it. No idea how to get out. Such a great line. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let us welcome in our good friend Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, who joins us right now, the former Jet among the Detroit Lions, Patriots as well. All right, Damian, let's start here. You have talked about what you believe the Jets can continue to still do this year and the success that they can have with Zach Wilson. So what did you see in particular Monday night that leads you to believe that Zach Wilson can still manage this franchise in the right direction? Yeah, Chris. Um, first of all, man, I look at the situation that Zach Wilson stepped into. I mean, think about this. All offseason, everything has been built around Aaron Rodgers. The whole, you know, basically the whole offense, the game plan, everything was built around Aaron Rodgers. He goes out after the fourth play. Then you, then Zach Wilson is thrusted into this situation, okay? A lot of people would fold in that situation. Zach Wilson actually played pretty good considering the circumstances of that because, quite honestly, backup quarterbacks don't get reps during the week. So this guy was going in cold, not getting any reps, you know, in preparation for the Bills, and he managed the situation pretty good. So that's encouraging. And one other point is that anyone who watched Zach Wilson in prior years the one thing that he always did outside of the turnovers was he missed the easy throws, the layup throws, I like to call them. He did not do that. He actually played, you know, when the, the the plays that were there to be made, he made them. That's a very encouraging sign. So now moving forward, he's going to get all the reps in practice, you know, make sure that the game plan is going to be tailored around him. 
And now it's just all about making sure he stays confident. Well, that's an excellent point because you bring up how the offense was tailored around Aaron Rodgers, and now we're switching to Zach Wilson. So how much pressure is on offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to make this work? Well, listen, the pressure's not just on Nathaniel Hackett. The pressure's on everybody else to, you know, kind of up the ante and play and do their jobs. It's going to be – this is not going to all fall on Zach Wilson. We need to, you know, the Jets need the running game to continue to, you know, make plays and do things like they did on Monday night where they rushed the ball for over 170 yards. The defense going to have to continue to play lights out. Special teams. So as much as we want to focus in on Zach and, and, you know, that's just what it is, everyone else has to do their part. They have to play what we call in football complementary football in order for this team to uh, to kind of realize their potential with Zach Wilson at the helm. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Minnesota is already 0-1 after losing to Tampa Bay this past weekend. They could be staring 0-2 in the face tonight against Philadelphia. The schedule is nasty coming up. San Francisco's on the horizon. The Chargers are on the horizon. There's a realistic scenario where they open up 2-5 and right before the trade deadline comes around. What do you think about the idea of the Jets calling the Vikings to talk about Kirk Cousins? Because Cousins would just be a rental option. His contract is up at the end of the year. Well, listen, I'm not going to put anything past the Jets, obviously, but I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, the Jets think that Zach Wilson is the answer. He's Zach Wilson is going to be the guy. Remember this now. Remember all the talk that, that, that Robert Coach, head coach Robert Sala has been saying all offseason in the preseason, how much improvement Zach has made. You know, so if, you, if you're talking and breathing life into Zach Wilson – well, what's going to happen if you go out there and make a trade for another guy? What does that say to Zach Wilson? So I, I honestly feel like they're going to ride this thing out with Zach Wilson and see what he can do. All right, Gee Wood, but you and I both know there are times where we pump up players, where coaches pump up players to either try to get them fired up or just basically give the illusion that we can do it to get the rest of the team going. So I'm trying to separate. Right. I'm I'm trying to separate here Salah doing that versus Salah truly believing in Wilson at this point. Well, listen, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how you play on the field. We can we can do all the talk. All the rhetoric can, can be one thing, but at the end of the day, you have to go out there and prove it out there on the field. you got to validate it out there on the field. And that's something Zach Wilson to go out there and do. Again, they're going to they're going to tailor this game plan towards his specific skill set, but it's up to Zach Wilson to go out there and prove people right. Given this second opportunity that he has now to Aaron Rodgers' injured. It's going to be a hell of a story if he does it. D Wood, awesome stuff. Appreciate a few minutes, man. I uh, appreciate you guys. Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst with us. Look, he's a big believer in it. I want to believe in it. I truly want to see the positive story, which is not like me. I usually root for the negative. I usually root for things to blow up. But in this case, I don't know why right now I'm rooting for the good. Later, I'll get sick of it, and then I'll be back trying to. Well, 
And it's Zach not, career. It's not like a Mac Jones Patriot situation where we've seen the team win a bunch and no one wants to see it outside of Boston fans. It's the Jets. They're kind of taking on that lovable loser mantra right now. Wilson, the baby face, an opportunity for redemption. Who doesn't like a comeback story? Yeah, I, I guess. I do like it. I do want I'm it right to right now. I'm trying to back up your point. You're the one that's excited but about that. But here's them. the thing. I if I have to me. sell you on your own point, we no. got a problem here. Here's the problem. I know me. And I know later, <laughs> like, there will be so much positive talk about the Jets if the story goes in that direction that I will then in turn start to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even I know what that's right like. right now I'm rooting for it. I'm go- As you say, the situation is fluid. The situation <laughs> is fluid. Very fluid situation. Exactly. So... As it is Thursday, at the same time each and every Thursday, we roll out the Hembo Hammer. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. This is the Hembo Hammer. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. Uh, Let's hope that this question is, you know, up to your... Lofty standards, uh, shall we say. So we have the Jets and Cowboys this weekend, two great defenses, which raises this question. What is the last Super Bowl matchup between the top two scoring defenses in the NFL? The last Super Bowl matchup between the top two scoring defenses in the league. Ooh, Good luck. That's interesting. By the way, we, we need to clip this off. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. Uh, just right there. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. Without, we only can hear him do this. He just records the audio. Right. But just by listening to him, he sounds so twitchy. He sounds so twitchy. Listen to him and just picture a guy just twitching, just twitching at every turn. Probably had six cups of coffee too many, and he finds himself just tweaking out at 11 a.m. He is play a fast some of this talker. Again. He, yeah, he, play some of that again at the beginning, Evan. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. Uh, let's hope that this question is, you know, up to your <laughs> lofty standards. Uh, yeah, you're right. I hear it. It's very twitchy. You're right. It's very twitchy audio. And I have to say, like, I, in filling in for Greeny quite a bit as I have over the last year, I spend a little time around Hembo in the morning. And when you're trying to ease into your day, it's a lot. <laughs> we get the answer. We find out we right. give, if we have the right answer in just moments. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. This is the Himbo Hammer. Each and every Thursday, we do it at this time. It is the Hembo Hammer. We got the question before the break. In case you did not hear it, here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, here it is once again, this week's question from Hembo. What is the last Super Bowl matchup between the top two scoring defenses in the NFL? The last Super Bowl matchup between the top two scoring defenses in the league. Good luck. Okay. I've got three different That was ones. a snarky good luck, by the uh, way. It was a that snarky was a good luck. Really it was also snarky good luck. It was also a very snarky, let me make sure I lay this out perfectly <laughs> so that Joe doesn't complain about how the question came across and how it was confusing. I will give Hembo credit. I'd like to say this. After how this thing went to hell last week. Yeah. The idea that he came back with a reasonable question, fantastic. Like, if he had asked us who led the league in RBIs in 1937, 
I probably would have been a little bit perturbed by that question, but he's giving us something that is attainable. So shout out to you, Hembo. You're the bigger man. Yeah, ish, I guess. Yeah, ish. All Um, right, so what do you got? Three are coming to mind right now, and they're all kind of around two of the same teams. Hold on one second. Before you get, when you give your answer, Evan, do I jump in and then give my answer, or do you let him know if he is right or wrong first? No, no, no. We 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 both give our answers. We separately both give first, the answers. Okay, and then we will play the answer from Hembo. Okay, okay. What do so you got? I I I'm down to three games. All I'm right. down to Denver, Carolina. Okay. I'm down to Seattle, New England. Okay. I'm down to Seattle, Denver. A lot of Legion of, Legion of Boom there. Yeah. A lot of Legion I'm, of Boom. I'm going to ride right there with Seattle, New England. Okay. The okay, Russell gonna... Wilson interception at the goal line game. Okay. So that's what you're going with. Um, all three of the ones you mentioned were on my list. I also had Baltimore, San Francisco. I, I had New that Orleans. initially, and then I took it off. It's the oldest one of all of those. Yes. So we need the most recent matchup. I am going to take Carolina, Denver. Now, do I have to give you the name of the Super Bowl? I know that one was at Levi Stadium, but I'm going with uh, Carolina, that was Super Bowl, Denver. That was Super Bowl 50. That oh, was Super Bowl 50. What a savant I'm working with. Now, I just know that because I, I happen. You know that specific one. Well, I happened to go to that one because my wife oh. is from the Bay Area. And I had to come up with, you know, well, six I'm, tickets for the game. Not that I'm, I'm glad still... we were able to uh, get that into the show. Yeah. It's well, one you attended. One of yeah, probably a, many a little, you attended. Yeah, a little drop in there. Oh, look at me. <laughs> I went to the Super Bowl. Oh. Oh. The parking was awful. Oh. <laughs> It actually wasn't bad. We were. All right. So are we ready here for the big reveal? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you're going. I'm going Carolina, Denver. And I am going Seattle, New England, which I think was, uh, well, whatever. Here it is. The correct answer is Super Bowl 45 between the Steelers and the Packers. That season, the Steelers had the number one defense, the Packers number two. That was the only Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers ever won. Crap. You know what makes this worse? Is that we each had like four options and none of them were correct. None like of them we were literally right. we and, and we were dumb enough to come on air and present all of our options rather than just give the guess. And if the guess is wrong, be like, oh, OK, yeah, I was thinking about Pittsburgh Green Bay. But no, I didn't think that was it. We came on and we said, here's four options. And all four of them were wrong. I'll tell you what else I can you do sound like that. a real idiot right now. You know that? I know. I know. And we're <laughs> 0 for 2. We're 0 for 2. That's incorrect. I had it right last week. Hembo asked the wrong question. The answer was correct. It was Cleveland. He gave a question that was Atlanta. The question was flawed. The answer was perfect. <laughs> so that one's in dispute. But So that's week, on him. This week, there's, there's, there's no dispute and there's no arbitration here. We're not going to be able for, to file for arbitration on this one. This is a straight loser. You know, what, you know what else is tough to take, too, sometimes? I look in the Zoom and I see Evan. And he's just smiling. He's so happy that we were dead wrong. So happy we were dead wrong. You'll Accurate. notice that a, a lot working at ESPN. I so I wear. I, people think I have this mustache because I think it looks cool. I know it lo- doesn't look cool. I'm well aware of how bad it looks, but I grow it because it's part of a bit. Yeah, it's tied to my survivor pick. So when my survivor pick gets eliminated, I shave the mustache. We have a couple laughs. We reminisce about the great mustache. We move on with our life. I had the Commanders in Week One. The entire company was rooting for Arizona to pull that upset off. Everybody. Everybody was all over me. All over me. They were all so disappointed when it, when it didn't come through for them. Like, that's, 
that's how it works around here. So don't be surprised that Evans having a good laugh at our our expense. You know, actually, I'm I'm laughing because I get ner- I have a terrible poker face. You guys will learn this about me. Like if if I don't like something we're doing on the show, I I can't hide it. So like I'm sitting oh, here. That I know. <laughs> I'm sitting here as you guys are looking at me on Zoom, trying to hide the fact that I know the answer, and you guys are naming all these teams, and I'm like, at at some point, I just turned off the Zoom because I was like, do, am I giving it away? I don't want to do this blah 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 so when you got it wrong i just started nervously laughing laughing because i've been holding a poker face that i don't have for a very long time first of all in the zoom you are a half inch by half inch box phil ivy isn't going to be able to get a read on you (laughs) in in that okay so i wouldn't worry about it you are a half inch by half inch box i can't see anything what about helmuth Helmuth, oh, Helmuth would be reacting to this like I react to it. Yeah, exactly. He'd just be, up in He'd arms, be like, yelling. he got screwed over, and this is the wrong question. He's been making great decisions and, all day, yeah, and this absolutely. is the one time he got caught. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely true. No question. It, it's frustrating that, that uh, I'll speak for me. I, I'll buy into the whole premise that somehow you got screwed last week. And I'll say I'm 0 for 2, and I am exceptionally frustrated by that. Previously on Unsportsmanlike. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again, is the quote that Canty hates. So, of course, we have to take that and do a Rogers quote or a movie quote. Okay. Well, that sounds familiar. I will give you a statement, and you tell me who said it, Aaron Rodgers or the Dalai Lama. Here's the problem. This morning on on Sportsmanlike with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman. They do that bit. Who said it? Aaron Rodgers or a movie quote? I mean, when Canty and I broke up in this divorce, there were certain agreements about bits that each one of us could take. For instance, I was happy to give him Dear Diana with Diana Rossini because she's no longer with the company. That's Um, very uh, magnanimous of you. I also was happy to give up Canty or Canty since it probably doesn't fit what I'm doing. But my point is that this, this was my brainchild, okay? I did it with this. I did it with who said it, Kyrie Irving or Kanye West before everybody got canceled. I, I, was, I, was, I was working so hard on these things, and they steal my bit. That's awful. And were we or were we not talking about this last night via text? Who said it, Aaron Rodgers or who? And I was trying to come up with who would be an appropriate person, a superhero. Who would it be in this spot? It was very much on the text thread last night. It very much was misappropriated this morning. That said, I applaud the morning show once again for coming to us for their content needs. I would say that it is a very flattering thing that all of the shows here enjoy listening to us and enjoy borrowing from us. I'm all for it. The bit is your brainchild. It's a genius bit. It was executed very poorly this morning, but we can't control the execution. Okay. We can just come up with this great, wonderful content on a day in day out basis and share it with the people. Okay. But they can do that. But there's also a little thing called intellectual property theft. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
You got a co- you got a trademark on this, a copyright? Oh, no, what I have is evidence. I, I will go back and get the tapes of these two things. And <laughs> Canty's just running away from me, going to the morning show, taking everything I came up with and running it to make his show better. I'm a team guy, but you can't spell team without me. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.